Travel is a Catalyst for Transformation. And this is what we talk about every week on the Travel Coach Podcast. Here, inspiring stories of people whose lives have been changed through travel. Some have uncovered new strength, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, while others have discovered new potential for relationships or careers. All have found that travel helps to chart a new path. Tune in and jump on board. It might empower you to realize your own travel dreams. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Travel Coach, moving body, mind, and spirit. Today, I have a very special guest. She's an award-winning business coach, international speaker, best-selling author, and top podcast host. She's on a mission to accelerate gender equality through female entrepreneurship and helps women start and scale their online business to seven figures with her tough love and no-nonsense approach to business and life. Sigrun, welcome to The Travel Coach. Thank you for having me, Sonia. I'm excited. I'm so happy to have you here, and especially because we are going to talk about travel today. I'm sure you've been asked a lot about business in other podcasts, but maybe this is the first time you're going to talk about your, your trips, your travels. Yes, you're right. Yeah, and I know you love travel, and I know you have spent uh, half of your life uh, in, in a country outside of your country, because you are originally from Iceland. Yeah. You're living in Switzerland, you've been in Germany, you've been in the UK, right? Correct. Yeah. So I would like to start, if you can tell us a little bit more about your relationship with travel growing up. What can you tell us about your uh, your memories, your travel memories from this phase of your life? Well, I come from Iceland and uh, Iceland is an island in the North Atlantic Ocean. So if you want to go anywhere else, you have to go on a plane. And uh, it's not like when you live in Switzerland or Germany that you can hop into a car and go to the next country. Uh, probably many people will not even see that as travel because it's so easy and so close by, but it's a bigger thing for us in Iceland. And so uh, it was not common for people to travel so much. And my first trip aboard, I was six years old. Uh, we went to Spain, typical summer holiday destination. And, but I remember very clearly, I was, uh, my grandparents would go with us. This was a major thing, you know, we would go for two or three weeks. And then the next trip was maybe when I was eight. And then the next trip after that, when I was 10. And I'm glad when we were actually 10 and 12 that my parents, they had then their own uh, business. Uh, one of the businesses they had was a fashion store. So they had to go abroad and shop for the company clothes. And uh, my mother would even go abroad up to four times a year. And we felt this was a very, very exciting thing. And so our summer holiday would be around flying to Amsterdam going into a rental car and then driving to Paris and other cities and shopping also for the, so it became a combination of, of business and a personal trip. And I, I loved it, you know? Uh, yes, it's a bit boring when we were in these shops and my parents were picking some clothes, but I can see in hindsight how great this was me, for me to see a glimpse of behind the scenes of the business of my parents. And so, and then we benefited from these long trips. We saw Europe basically in a week or two, uh, every, anywhere from Amsterdam all the way to, uh, you know, Milan and back 
Uh, I think we went all the way to Pisa, not to Rome, but, but to Pisa. Yeah. And we did at least two of these long trips and they were planned out well. We would sit at the table at home and, you know, have the map in front of us and our parents would explain to us all the cities we were going to. So I think what I love about travel is not just actually the travel itself, but the anticipation, the planning, actually knowing where you're going. I think uh, you can make travel so more exciting also for children if they understand where they're going and what, uh, what there is to see there so they get more out of it. So that's my memories of travel. And then uh, in the beginning, and I would say my, and then with 16, I there was an exchange, uh, not student. Yeah, you can call it exchange student, but two months in Rotterdam. And then I stopped traveling with my parents. You know, some people travel with their parents on, until their 20s. I know uh, friends of mine who have kids in their 20s and the kids are still going on annual trips with them but I was quick to grow up and uh, so with 16 I said to my parents I'm traveling on my own now and so um, I would take over from there but yeah I think they really uh, planted a bug in me like you know this book that the travel book because I can see it now with my parents they're 77 uh, they recently sold they had a cottage in Iceland they recently sold it and they are really like oh, winter in Iceland, we need to go away. And they are like, oh, 10th of January, right after Christmas, we go somewhere. And I'm like, yeah, I know where I have this from, the travel book. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you, was, you were exposed to travel and business since very early age, I can see. Yes. And, and it's curious because, uh, you know, some parents uh, think that when they have kids and they cannot travel because they have kids and they don't see the benefits of actually traveling with the kids and all oh. that what they will learn from oh I, I found it very important you know I uh I don't have kids of my own I'm a stepmom and they were three and four uh, my stepsons when I they came into my life and immediately the following summer I said they have to come to Iceland I want to show them Iceland so we did a round trip in six days it's a little bit too short time but that was the first trip we did and then every year from 2009 until uh, last summer was the first time they, you know, didn't come with us because they're now 18 and 19. So <laughs> I they totally get it. I stopped <laughs> traveling with my parents at 16. Yeah. But every year uh, we went in the beginning just for one or two weeks, but then we were able to negotiate with their mother and we got them to come with us to Iceland for the whole summer holiday of five weeks. And out of those five weeks, we would travel one week, always to a different area of Iceland. So I would always show them a different area of Iceland. Sometimes it was places I hadn't seen before myself, or I at least didn't have a recollection of it. And then the rest of the time, we were just in Iceland, and they would, you know, do courses for children, like uh, learning uh, to code or uh, learning golf, and things that seemed to be more difficult to access here in Switzerland for some reason, but are very normal in Iceland because all parents work, mother and father, and therefore there's a lot of courses for kids in the summer to do. Amazing. I, I wanted to ask you more about Iceland uh, later, but yeah, it sounds amazing. So in the Travel Coach podcast, we talk about transformation and transformational travel. So it's all about transformation. And I would like to know what does transformation mean to you? Well, transformation is a change. It's like also in my programs, I want to transform somebody's life or business or both, ideally. Um, 
someone who has, uh, let's say, not had a business, 10 weeks later, they have bits and pieces of their business. Maybe they have an online course. So they have some assets, but also they have changed. They have realized what they're capable of. They have increased their self-confidence. Uh, they are maybe in abundance mindset versus scarcity mindset. So transformation can be in so many ways. For me, travel is opening up your eyes to other cultures, to other traditions. Uh, not that you have to adopt them, but that you become more open-minded. I think it's really important for people to travel. And I even believe, especially when I come from a small country like Iceland and it's an island, that people need to go away for a longer time, not just two weeks travel. I mean, living in another country for a year, that's when you really start to appreciate maybe even your own country more because people are always complaining about the weather and uh, this and this and that is not good. But when you live somewhere else, you're actually, oh yeah, I like these things at home, but you also appreciate other cultures and traditions and you're more open-minded because what we have today is people travel all over. We have refugees and we have people moving from one country to another. They prefer to live somewhere else, maybe because there are more opportunities and travel especially extended travel, open up your eyes that we are at the end of the day all the same. Yeah, yeah. And you said something very important there. So it's not only about ticking boxes and go and take pictures, but actually connect with the place, slow down, spend more time there, engage with people and learn more about ourselves as well, because you will see more the difference between who you are and what is you and what is you because you were born in where you were born, right? Yeah. So, yeah. As a coach, um, from your experience, what do you think is the mon most common fear or obstacle that uh, people, when they want to change or make a change? And what would be your advice? We like to stay in our comfort zone. Uh, I think it's a very natural human tendency. Uh, if we are looking for comfort, uh, we stick to what we know. We don't go out of this zone and it keeps us comfortable, but we do not grow. We do not grow in any way, whether it's personal or business, if we don't take a step out of the comfort zone. And if we practice taking a step out of the comfort zone, we actually start to enjoy it. We say, oh, this is fun, a little bit scary, but fun. It is like for me, uh, I recently went to Australia and uh I don't mind traveling on my own. I've done that a lot in my life. I, I do most of my business travel all on my own. I will, and trying to Australia, you know, on the way back, it was 34 hours in total. My travel time from the moment I left the hotel until I was actually home, uh, it's a lot. That's no problem. But I was like worried about driving on the left side. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I come into the car. Luckily, I had someone with me in the car for the first trip. On the second trip, I was all alone. Um, and this is like the thing. I could have said, hey, let's take the train or can someone else drive? But, you know, we have to step out of our comfort zone. And then I sit there and like, OK, everything is in the wrong place. <laughs> But it was actually not difficult. The only thing I kept happening is I would put the windshield wipers on instead of the blinker. Okay. But it's very natural actually to drive on the left side, just like the right side. It's just when it's maybe you come into the car and you don't realize you're in Australia. 
and then there's no cars and then you just go automatically on the right side because it's your habit so you need a quick reminder it's like oh there's a car coming i should go on the left side happened one or once or twice uh and that was it my experience with driving on the left side was no problem but i feel like almost like it's like my self-confidence grew it's every time you do something new and you like oh this wasn't actually so hard so why was i concerned about it in the first place uh it's about taking the opportunities to step out of the comfort zone every time and not finding excuses why we shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes the fear we have or the idea we have in our mind is the worst case scenario. And actually, when we do it, it's like, okay, it was not that bad. No. Yeah, and we become more confident. Yeah, definitely. I know I know also what you say about the driving in the left side because I live in Ireland. I, I'm yeah. from Spain. I learned how to drive in Spain, but it was the same, you know, when I started driving here, I was like, oh my God, this is weird. But you get used to, yeah. Yeah. And and uh, yeah, I read about your uh, trip in Australia and I know you're back from Australia. And uh, it was, if I understood right uh, in the in the um, email I received, you said that you were um, having like an internal debate if it was, you know, worth maybe the, the time. But then when you were back, and looking backwards, it's like, oh my God, thank God I did it because you had yeah. lots of fun, you meet a lot of people. So I think this is something uh, that happens often when we, we are thinking about travel, that we tend to maybe think about, you know, the difficulties or the investment or, you know, I don't have time or money or, or the effort. What do you think or what did you do in your case to overcome this um, and actually make this trip and, and enjoy this trip? Yeah, so it will... It's 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 seldom for me that I will debate it like I did for the Australia trip. The reason I was debating for the Australia trip is, like I said, it was 34 hours just the way back. It was probably 24 or five hours the way there. So you lose uh, you lose at least two whole days, let's say, which you will not lose if you're flying for me from Zurich to London. So it's like this extra time lost uh, on a working day and I'm running a business. We are in a marketing campaign. So there was like thinking like, what impact will this have on the business that I lose at least two whole days where I'm not available? Plus, actually, I'm going to retreat, so I'm not available either. So it was 10 days in total out of my business. So that's more of a concern, but I have always, and I know this, uh, taking the opportunity when I see opportunity for travel, um, because it has never not been a, a benefit. Like, it's always been a benefit for me. Uh, I think it's important to, uh, to see it when you are there or, or reflect. And that's a great thing when you actually go on the plane and they have no Wi-Fi, is that you reflect on your trip and see all the great benefits that you've had, whether it was a business trip or a personal trip, to journal it out or go through your pictures or, or see what you gain from it. So the next time you have face a decision like that, you're not hesitating so much, you know? Uh, you know, in 2019, before the pandemic, I was 195 days on the road. And this means I was not in Switzerland and not in Iceland because I, I consider those two places my home and I'm not on the road when I'm in either of these two places. So I have 195 days. For, for some people that sounds crazy, but it was a very exciting and fun year for me. I took every opportunity to go to a conference, go to a retreat, 
meet people. Uh, and I, I benefited so, so much uh, for my personal gain in my life. I went on an 18-day cruise on my, it was not my first cruise, but it was my second cruise, first cruise for my husband. And we were seven days on the Atlantic Ocean. And I would say that was the highlight of my travel year was there's no land visible. There's no place to go. You're just on this ship, but I've never slept so well in my life. And I had these insights of how much I like the ocean. I, I really love the ocean, but it was like a reminder to be on this ship. And, you know, you have the waves. They're not so big, you know, because the ship is big, uh, but you have like this calming feeling. And I was like, I need to do more of that. So you have to make do an experience to know what you like and what you don't like. Uh, and then you can do it again. And it doesn't mean that I have to go on a cruise. I can just go on a little boat maybe uh, next time. But because I, I really love the waves and the feeling of an ocean or a lake. Yeah, I also love uh, being close to water. I think it, it yeah. connects us more with nature and, and the peace, as you explained. Yeah, more present and, and enjoy the, the little things. How do you do, what's, what's your secret to balance travel and business? Well, luckily I have an online business, so I can work from anywhere. Uh, I do work better at home. I will admit that than on the road. But on the road, I actually get lots of creative ideas. So if I would always stay at home, I would be less creative. So I know I need travel to be creative. I get ideas, you know, uh, for my business. And I find it easy to, for instance, write. I can write uh, newsletters. Uh, I can prepare presentations. Uh, I can also go on a coaching call. Uh, but if it's something like more, you know, organized work, then I prefer to do it at my desk. I wrote my whole book. I wrote a book this year. Um, and I wrote my whole book, not sitting at my desk. Now I was still at home, but I, I imagined I was traveling. I would go and sit on my sofa and then I would go and sit in this chair and I would go and sit there and just type with my laptop. And I think it would have actually benefited me a lot to be on the road because I get so many new ideas. So I feel like I almost have to travel to get the ideas, but then I have to come back home to get organized and systemized and, and, and make the things work for my business. So it works wonderfully together. Uh, 195 travel days. I will probably not do that so quickly again. I think, uh, although I am actually planning a tour around Europe in 2023, because I would love to go to the different cities where most of my clients are. And I had this idea already in 2018, 19, and then pandemic happened so some of the ideas we had back then um i would love to start to execute uh in 2023 yeah well i love that and congratulations on your book by the way so it's important uh, to to combine both uh, and i agree that uh, routine kills the creativity yeah. so yeah thanks for sharing that what would you say Syngrun, is your most transformational travel experience that you ever had transformational travel I, I would say that it is the it was the cruise that I went on first uh, it was in 2000 
16, uh, I went to Alaska and uh, I always want to go to Alaska. Uh, and then someone said, hey, do you want to go on a cruise with me? It's an Abraham Hicks cruise. And I'm like, who is Abraham Hicks? <laughs> I didn't know. I looked at a YouTube video and I said, it's a little bit odd, but I think I'm okay. Uh, and so I go on this seven day cruise. We leave from Seattle. We come back to Seattle seven days. And uh, I had really a lot of insights during this trip, but I also maximized everything I could do. There were trips you could do, like I was really busy with my husband. He helped me prepare it, even if he wasn't going with me. He said, there's a dog sledging trip. I said, I want to do that. There's a helicopter trip. I want to do that. So I could have said, hey, I need to save money or, you know, not do everything. But I said, I want to maximize I am maybe not going to Alaska again. Alaska is maybe too similar to Iceland, you know, from the weather. So, and this is like my opportunity. And this was so good because I really kind of saw everything that I wanted to see. And I realized actually cruising is, even though some people all think it's for old people or whatever, I'm like, I actually like it. Not that I want to do it all the time or every year, but I, I do realize I like it. And uh, I really want to go to Antarctica. I decided after this trip, I want to go on a like an expedition. I don't want to go on a fancy cruise ship, but more like for photographers, videographers, like people who are exploring nature. Uh, that was one of my insights. Then um, Abram Hicks, I realized like she's a fantastic coach, Esther Hicks. But why is he using Abraham to channel? So it turns out for me that uh, 30, 40 years ago, women were not so accepted as coaches. So she is using a man's name, but actually, of course, it's her coaching and she's a fantastic coach. So I had to, for me, um, sometimes things are too woo-woo for me or too like, this is called a download and this is God. I'm like, if I just take that word away and I can just look at that person and they are an amazing coach, I can appreciate them. And I don't have to say like, oh, this is not for me because it's too woo. So that was an insight for me. And I've had to use it also this year because I am surrounded by a lot of people that are very spiritual and I'm very practical myself. And I'm like, okay, if I just cross out these three words that they're using, we are on the same page and that's okay. Uh, and so I, I learned this lesson already in 2016. And uh, the friend I went with, I thought this was a new friend. And we had a little episode there, which was very odd. And uh, we haven't spoken since. So it was also good for me to find out that this would not be a future travel partner. Uh, I, she pretty much left me alone on the ship. But there were other people there and I didn't care and I can travel alone. But that was a really odd experience. But yeah, a lot of great insights from that one trip. Yeah, I heard about this uh, this cruise and uh, it must be amazing. I never I never been myself, but the combination of travel and the personal development and the coaching yes. must be mind blowing there, right? That's fantastic. And that's really if people are looking for transformation, combining those two things is excellent. Yeah. What did you think you learned in this trip or in general uh, traveling? What did you learn or discover about yourself that you didn't know before? 
generally in traveling overall? Yeah. Well, I love to travel. I love to uh, go to new places, meet new people. Uh, what I like most is to actually meet someone who lives in the place. So I try to do that if it's possible. And I will also do the same thing for others. So if I know someone is coming, I, I, I happily invite people to my home if I can, because I know the benefit of seeing how someone lives is, is amazing versus being in a hotel room or an Airbnb. It's just not the same experience. So really getting to know the people and uh, it makes you connect completely differently. For instance, I was in New York back in 2000, back in 2000. I stayed with for a few days at somebody's home that I rarely knew. And then, you know, we had 9-11 and I had this strong connection to the people and, and, and New York. And there's like, that will never happen if you just stay in a hotel and don't connect to local people. And then I have a strong connection to several cities in the world because of this, because I've made this extra effort and I have to remind myself not to just like, oh, be lazy and go in a hotel. Like, where can I at least go for a dinner or you know, ask myself to somebody's house, like in a nice way. Yeah. The experience is going to be very different when you do that. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So about your relocations, yes, I'm mm, curious, right? Because uh, some people could see like living the expat life, like the ideal, and we sometimes only share the benefits of it or the, the good things about it. But I'm sure there also were some struggles, maybe some culture shock or something you had to, you know, overcome when you moved to Switzerland or the other places that uh, you've been living. Can you share a little bit about, about that? Well, I think when you move to another place, there are all these kind of, initial things like, uh, do I like the place? Do I get used to the place? Where is everything? Uh, I've moved to, uh, I've moved a lot in my life, uh, but at the same time, I feel very stable because I've had the same apartment in Iceland the whole time. Uh, so I always had the stability I felt, but I've moved to Freiburg, Germany, Karlsruhe, Germany, uh, London, UK, Zurich, went back to Reykjavik, moved back to Zurich. Uh, but it's always about settling in and that takes a few months, having a job and all these things. But what I must say is what people maybe don't see and is not shared so often is living in two places like I do. Mm -hmm. It is this rosy thing of like, hey, she can live in two places. I have an apartment in Switzerland and an apartment in Iceland. And I look at both these places, my home. It is wonderful. It is what I wanted. It's what I wished for. It's one of the reasons I start my online business but it's double the cost. Hmm. People do not realize I have to have a toaster in Switzerland and toaster Iceland. I don't travel with a toaster back and forth, <laughs> even clothes. You know, I don't travel with hiking shoes back and forth or rain clothes. I have almost everything double. I have two cars, two Teslas <laughs> uh, in each country. It is very expensive to have two homes. It's totally worth it. The second thing uh, is also friendships. I realized this when I went to a, a, a party of a good friend of mine who also lives in Zurich. She is from Germany and we studied together in Germany and she's lived in Germany as long as me, almost to the year, to the date. And there were all these friends at the party that she'd gotten to know in the last 14, 15 years since she lives in Switzerland. 
And I thought of myself, because I live in two places, because I travel a lot, I do not have as many friends mm. in the new place. So people have to ask themselves, what is a priority for them? You know, what is important? My home, if I really think of my home, that's Iceland. That's where my friends are, my family. In Switzerland, I moved here because of my husband. I don't really have friends here. My friends are online, <laughs> you know, I meet them on Zoom and hopefully with my Europe tour uh, in 2023, I can meet some of my, and some of my friends are just ex-clients really. Mm -hmm. uh, so I have spent my time building up my business and being in two places and traveling and not necessarily trying to get local friendships in Switzerland. And that can be a downside for some people. Uh, but yeah, you see the rosy side. Oh, I have home in two countries. Yeah, it's, it's not as easy as it sounds. Yeah, I hear you. And thanks for sharing that. The tour sounds very exciting, the tour in Europe. So yeah, I cannot wait to hear more. So I would not like to finish the, the interview without talking about Iceland. I know you're very proud uh, Icelander and I've never been in Iceland. I don't know anybody else from Iceland. So if you can tell us uh, about your country or if we were about to visit you, where would you take us? What are the highlights? Iceland is, uh, you should go to Iceland for the nature. Uh, you know, it's really for people who love to look at nature or do some hiking. You don't have to do hiking. A lot of Icelanders do no hiking. We just drive around, look at waterfalls and off we go to the next waterfall. Uh, but yeah, if you like places like Switzerland or Ireland, you will probably like Iceland. It's very green, but it's also a lot of variety, a little bit more like uh, New Zealand even. We have areas that look like Sahara, and we have areas that only have ice, like Greenland, and then we have areas that are green. So you can, within a few hours, see everything. It's not just like one type. Sometimes I find Switzerland nature a little bit boring. It's just mountains and green and forest. In Iceland, you drive and there is constantly new type of nature that uh, is somehow unexpected. And you drive maybe for two hours through sand that looks like Sahara. And then suddenly you are in the lush green and then suddenly there is ice everywhere. Uh, it's really a spectacular country. And there are very few countries in the world that have this variety in such a small uh, place. Now. Iceland is not small. It's like Bayern and uh, Baden-Württemberg, you know, those two big uh, uh, Bundesländer and, and Germany together. Uh, so you would need ideally two weeks to do a round trip. I highly recommend a round trip and giving yourself uh, 10 days, two weeks to do the round trip around the country. So that's what I recommend. Best time to go end of June, beginning of July, because you have 24 hour daylight. But if you go in the winter, or fall or or early spring you will of course benefit from the northern lights because they are there the whole time any hidden gem or any highlight that we could not miss there well because of the emergence of the internet and TripAdvisor, there aren't any really secrets anymore you can literally every area of iceland you just can go on TripAdvisor and you can really see what is there to see my favorite spot in Iceland is the Glacier Lagoon, where you have glaciers on the lagoon. You can go on a boat and it goes close to a glacier and you can, you know, they take a glacier up from the lagoon and you can, uh, you know, lick it if you want. <laughs> it's thousand year old ice. Uh, that's my favorite spot. 
it is uh, five hours or so from Reykjavik, the capital. So I don't go there so often, but I try to go there at least once a year. And if I have a retreat there with clients, I always try to go there. Amazing. Oh my God. <laughs> I cannot wait to visit that. Thank you, Sigrun. But last but not least, I would like if you can tell us how can people contact you? Well, the best way to get to know me and what I do better is uh, joining 12 Days of Masterclasses, which are running over the holidays. This is the eighth year in a row that we do it. We have 12 brand new masterclasses on variety of topics for online business owners. So if you are thinking of starting an online business or you want to scale up an existing online business or take your offline business online there is a masterclass there for you so that's the best way to find me definitely thank you Sigrun it's been a pleasure to have you on board the travel coach today thank you so much for having me thanks and everyone tune in happy and safe travels bye Sigrun thanks again mm -hmm.